Go back to the 50s, pretend you're dead, and then bang everyone. Hello, welcome to What A Way To Go, a podcast about unusual deaths, near misses, and bizarre stories. This is episode 20. Woo! Whoa! Made it 20 weeks. Um, it's another celebrity special. Wait, it's what you've always wanted. I think so. Everyone's been having a lovely time this week. Well. We've been out and about, we've been north of the wall, we've <laughs> been... I think I'm going to move to Scotland. I looked up Loch Lomond houses. Nice. There was a really like de- derelict, I was going to say decrepit, that's not the right <laughs> word, is it? Derelict house that was on the side of a mountain that probably would have fallen into the loch. I was just like, I should buy it. I'll just get it. I haven't got any money, but I'll it's get just it. It's beautiful. Did just you see the house that um, Monarch of the Glen was oh. based on slash filmed in? No, no, that really could not be less me than, <laughs> than anyone trying. You're not number one fan? No, I'm not. Um, but it was beautiful. It was lovely, lovely, lovely there. Don't move yet, though, please. Okay, fine. Start we can't move commune. to Yeah, we can't move to all these places. It's either Western <gasps> or Let's Lockdown. start the commune in Scotland. I'm happy with that. Okay. We can. Can we have like a big vegetable patch mm-hmm. live off the land that's kind of have what, a farm mate don't you yeah that's what i want <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what farms are <laughs> oh yeah lots of land there's loads of cows there anyway so we can steal a couple of cows to just graze and we can go freshwater swimming we were going to do that but it was too raining we were quite tempted to go just in the lake mm. and go swimming because we could have done but you couldn't have got any more wet no true i just could have been wearing a costume rather than my actual clothes that's the um, difference. That's the kicker. That's the mm. kicker. That's the difference between walking in the rain and swimming in a pool. Yeah, uh, I'm game to uh, move to Scotland. Okay, we'll see you there. We just can do the podcast. It's fine. Yeah, we'll do it from there. We'll build a Wi-Fi studio. Is, Wi-Fi is not not great. great. No, not at all. So get your act together, Loch Lomond, and as soon as you've got decent Wi-Fi, we'll move up. We'll see you and, there. Um, Episode twenty-one. <laughs> How long's the break? <laughs> <laughs> Live from Loch Lomond. Yeah. Um, in case you didn't know, we're your hosts. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I'd forgotten about that bit. Yeah, I mean, surely by episode 20 people know who we are. Although I still do keep getting remarks from pals that listen that we sound very similar. Mm. Sometimes I get confused when editing and I know you both. Really? That's sometimes hilarious. I, not confused, <laughs> I remember who did what, but sometimes, I, you know, if it's just like a comment, I'm yeah. like, oh, who said oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Not that it particularly matters. The two two pals I was with last night, Layla and Hannah. Hi, um, they were like, "Oh no, that would never happen." Episode one, yeah, and maybe I didn't understand who who was Claire and who was Els, but now no, everyone's lilts and everybody's like little ticks, <laughs> whatever. And it's like wicked, love it. Because they both said to me, I saw them. They we were together, but they I arrived. At, we arrived at different times. And Hannah's like, oh, "I just feel like I've just been talking to you all week because I've been listening to your I podcast." Know, it's nice, isn't it? And then Layla turns up and she's like, "Oh, I feel like I've just been talking to you because I listened to your podcast." And I was like, "Can we just actually see each other rather yeah. than you just listening to yeah, my this podcast?" This is very one way. Yeah. I really miss yeah. you. <laughs> I haven't seen each other. Please be week. my friend again. But it's really lovely. It's really lovely to hear. Anyway, so we are your hosts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm Ellen the Gamer. I'm Sarah Austin. And I'm Claire Daly. That's it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And if, and I was also thinking today, like, what if people start tuning in? Not everyone starts at one. No, it's true. So quick reminder on this our 20th episode is that we're friends telling each other stories about unusual ways that people have died or nearly died while drinking some IPAs slash Pilsners. And this one is deadly that I'm currently drinking because it's like six and a half percent. Don't it's taste the it. It's the best. It's the best. 
fucking delicious and it does not taste that strong so they won't sell it in a whole pint because it's too strong really yeah you can only buy it in three quarters in the brew dog it's an elvis juice by the way lads get involved it's delightful it is delightful brew dog if you want to sponsor us yeah <laughs> fine with it i feel like we would be up their street oh yeah oh yeah they're scottish anyway aren't they they're oh yeah <laughs> fuck part of the commune right. free beer for everyone that was in Australia. um wild wild country wasn't it that the people that were there got like two free beers a day wasn't it that's the them. only policy you need, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Two's quite light, though, isn't it? Els <laughs> <laughs> needs more beer. <laughs> well, what if it... You but you, more, what if you're having a big What sesh? about two free okay. ones, the rest are subsidised? It's a paid bar. Very cheap. Yeah. Fine. We, we could, could just, just save them own. up. Brew your own. Save them up. It's fine. Um, talking about brewing, I had a really lovely local gin when I was mm. up there as well, because we all know I hate whiskey, so I didn't have any of that. Mm. But there's shitloads of Scottish gins now, and it was delightful. I had it with a bit of um, elderflower tonic. Nice. Delicious. Delicious. Didn't even need a garnish. The elderflower spoke for itself. Wow. <laughs> there we go. What was it called? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> gin. Ah, yeah. Oh, gin, yeah. I've heard oh, of it. yeah, yeah. yeah I've yeah, heard of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, niche. Yeah. Really mm. niche. No one likes that. Anyway, as we've mentioned, this is a celebrity special. Oh, yes. So we are we've we've specifically chosen stories about celebrities who have died or nearly died or died in mysterious circumstances. Um, we know that none of us have got the same story because our independent adjudicator Stephen Popejoy, who is Claire Daly's husband, has assessed us. So it's fine. <laughs> given us assessed the all clear. Us, given us the all clear. He's so. like a, you know, when you're at the top of a water slide. And you're waiting yeah. for the light to turn green. It's <laughs> like that... the little ding, green light. He did actually Just say... Just a massive callback to last week. Yeah. Didn't even think of that. He did say in his reply to me, I'm sure, it was like, you're clear. <laughs> I think that's what he said. Green light. That's uh, always the scariest bit, isn't it, when you're waiting at the top of a water slide? Oh, so I, I'm, I'm actually feeling the anticipation mm. of that. I fucking love it so much. I hate it. Can't fucking stand it. For me, it depends how high the water slide is. <sighs> Just a little baby one. That'd be fine. Baby one's fine, yeah. Otherwise, I get a bit scared. Um, Daily, why don't you start us off with your, as we know in from the preamble, who boy is a bummer. Brace yourself. Oh god, I can't I'm really even think sorry. who it could I'm be. I'm really sorry. This is really fucking depressing. Okay. Um, so the reason I, I'll just give you a little backstory because this is kind of personal to me. This is a celeb, but it's kind of personal to me because when I was thinking, okay, celebrity deaths that are unusual. I was thinking this is probably one, this is probably a celebrity death that has shocked me the most. It's not someone super famous. I almost, I'm I not even sure. Heath Ledger. No, no, no. Oh, God. Heath. No, it's not Heath. Actually, I tell you what, the celebrity death that shocked me the most was Dale Winton this year. Oh, I know. I was like gobsmacked and then actually chuckled, brother. Barry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was chuckle, brothers. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, so this, 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 I remember hearing about this and being like, holy fucking hell what a way to go so I'm going to tell you about the death of Elliot Smith oh, oh sorry oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> told you it was a bummer yeah isn't he part of the 27 club no oh no no but that kind of ilk so for those that don't know um, Elliot Smith was kind of like a, an, a late 90s early 2000s excellent indie folk singer-songwriter that was kind of specialised in the melancholy of the kind of... It's not emo at all. I really hesitate to use the word emo, but 
of that kind of um, wave of artists who a bit like people like Bright Eyes or Songs Are Higher who were like really 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 talented folky musicians but who were singing about particularly depressed as fuck depressing yeah depressed as fuck definitely not Pete Wentz emo no 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 yes exactly that. so that's why I hesitate to say emo yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, but, that's but the emo is probably like a, a, a shortcut what he was probably best known for was um, he he had a song called Miss Misery in the Goodwill Hunting soundtrack and he was nominated for an Oscar for best original song in 1998 you might also know him from the Royal Tenenbaum soundtrack where one of his songs is used as a soundtrack to Luke Wilson's character trying to kill himself so you know Posthumously? No, before. Oh, interesting. I yeah. didn't know that he was on the Tenemouse, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to take you back to, like, 2001, 2002, 2003, and uh, a young Dales um, in, like, sixth form, wearing baggy jeans. Of course you were. With a lip piercing, mm-hmm. going out with boys that played guitar, um, hanging out with people with long black hair. Um, basically, basically, Elliot Smith was part of my life then. And in late October 2003, I was trying to remember who actually told me because I, I, as I said, it really impacted me because I remember thinking like, fucking hell, that's an an insane way to die. And I was like, in my head, it was my boyfriend, but I don't think I was actually seeing anyone at the time. So someone told me, a friend or a boyfriend, went, oh my God, did you hear? Elliot Smith died. He stabbed himself in the heart. So, yeah, sorry. Massive, massive trigger warning. Suicide, depression, drug abuse, all of that. Mm. Sorry. Told you it was a bummer, but what a way to go. Um, So, Elliot Smith, I'll just give a very sort of brief background. Uh, He was born Stephen Paul Smith in 1969, born in Omaha, Nebraska, raised primarily in Texas and lived for much of his life in Portland, Oregon, where he first started playing music. Um, He was in a band called Heat Miser for several years and then began his solo career in 1994. He very clearly had trouble with drugs and alcohol and depression. And at this point, I'll give a massive shout out to Alexis Petridis, whose Guardian article from the year after he died was like ex- just brilliant like really told the story really well um, and uh, who I have borrowed heavily from Elliot Smith had become a heroin addict and in quotes a bad alcoholic while he was living in Portland um, but apparently when his friend when his friends tried to intervene he was absolutely furious a lot of the songs that he wrote um, on a particular album XO or X0 I actually don't know how to say that on a particular album <laughs> concern themselves with um, the nerve people have to go parading around as if they know what somebody else ought to do with themselves um, when he left Portland in the late 90s um, he bade fa- farewell to his Oregon friends by informing them that it was likely he would never see them again because he was quote probably going to kill himself Christ imagine yeah. hearing that mm. yeah total downer um, obviously at this time uh, so while he was in Portland he'd become a heroin addict and an alcoholic um, according to his friend Mary Lou Lord Smith was the heir to the tragic mantle of her former boyfriend Kurt Cobain I almost t- toyed with the idea of doing Kurt Cobain but I think it's a bit more clear cut or not you know just Courtney killed him so <laughs> well um, so Mary Lou Lord said he was making records for the sad kids. His gloom was more than sulky posturing. When Smith sang about heroin addiction or alcoholism or depression, he was singing about the things he had experienced firsthand. 
So that's obviously the space that he was at um, at the time of his death. He was only 34. Ooh. Sorry, it gets worse and worse. I hope your stories are a little bit lighter. <laughs> no, they're all about <laughs> death. So. Well, yeah. So just before lunchtime on, on 21st of October 2003, um, apparently Elliot Smith had an argument with his girlfriend, who was a fellow musician in a punk band called Jennifer Chiba, at their home in Silver Lake, Los Angeles. As the row got worse, Smith threatened to kill himself. Um, obviously, this was in a very heightened row, and he was of the disposition that he was of. Um, so Chiba ignored him and locked herself in the bathroom. She then heard a scream or a shout, and returning back to the living room where they'd been arguing, she found Smith standing with his back to her. When he turned around, she saw a kitchen knife sticking out of his chest. Oh, my God. Yes. Um... So despite emergency surgery, he was pronounced dead 20 minutes after arriving at hospital. Yeah, sorry. So it seemed to be a fairly cut and dry case or story or or, or episode. Um, Although few rock artists had ever courted the idea of suicide so regularly and openly, you know, it's very, he was obviously very vocal um, about his intentions, his depression, his suicide or whatever. But one of the most astonishing things about his death is that there is an ongoing and pervasive rumour that he was actually murdered. Ooh. Yes. So um, an apparent suicide note had been found by his girlfriend written on a post-it that read, I'm so sorry, love, Elliot. But Elliot was misspelled. <laughs> right? Um So even despite this note, detectives concluded that this death is possibly suspicious. However circumstances are unclear at this time um toxicological tests revealed that smith was apparently clean of illegal drugs at the time of his death only non-abusive amounts of antidepressants and medication for attention deficit disorder were found in his system um the basically the autopsy and the the toxicological tests and everything associated returned an open verdict so around all i've sort of been reading up around like what people were saying after he had died obviously um immediate attention was turned to his girlfriend um as a as a suspect she was absolutely furious like this is just something that very horrible had happened to her um and has has subsequently been ruled out of any of the really yeah 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 yeah. okay so a lot of people were then also saying he was still hanging around with quite like dodgy people so like he was still although he was clean at the time like um and just before this has happened he seemed the past couple of years he'd seemed to be sort of somewhat turning his life around people were saying he was still you know hanging out with drug dealers or you know having to liaise with drug dealers maybe he'd got himself into trouble he was dealing with shady characters etc etc so there's even to this day it is not absolutely conclusive oh wow i didn't know that no, me neither. This is new to me. <laughs> However, so in 2013, um, a, a book was published called Torment Saint, The Life of Elliot Smith by William Todd Schultz. Um, and basically he had spent four and a half years kind of researching, interviewing people, speaking to coroners, speaking to his girlfriend, speaking to absolutely everyone um, about his life and uncover the hidden world of the singer to find reasons behind his well-documented battles with alcohol, drugs, heroin and depression. Um, and the author of this book obviously this is not like 
legal statement or anything but the author of this book says I'm convinced that he committed suicide everyone I interviewed for the book who would talk about that agreed with maybe one exception and that was someone who didn't know him all that well we're talking about a person who had overdosed numerous times in the last couple of years of his life had cut himself had always been depressed was going through the difficult process of getting off the drugs that he was addicted to and who was still feeling deeply paranoid because of all the crap he had used so it seems like there although there was that kind of mysterious element um he definitely did it in probably the most horrific way you could think of. <laughs> yeah. That's a really horrific way to kill yourself. Yeah. yeah. Apparently it's not... Like, there are... He's not literally the only person that's done it, but um, it's kind of one of the most drawn-out and painful ways you could... It's also just... Kill yourself. Yeah. It's just not... I mean, I've not looked into this, but it's just not one that you think of because it's so... To, to block up the courage of doing it you yeah. just it's so dramatic so dramatic it's horrible yeah so I can really remember hearing about that and being like that is con- considering who he was and the sort of art he made and what he meant to you at the time obviously as well yeah and um, speaking of Courtney Love this is distasteful but never lost for an opinion Courtney Love called it the best suicide I ever heard of thanks Courtney thanks for your input which is a very Courtney Love way of reflecting on it um, she's so problematic she, very, she is um, so should we all just have a big bottle of whiskey now yeah. <laughs> nice. not Sarah okay. oh yeah gin? gin Yeah. some Loch Lomond gin very interesting sorry though I didn't know all of the details about that so mm-hmm. I wasn't really aware of him in the early noughties 2000s whatever because I would have been quite young yeah because oh, this was the time I was I made a note I was like who was I at this time um, <laughs> including I remembered I noted going to Wednesday night indie rock clubs with one pound mixer drinks oh, that's, that's who I that's who I was at the time that's who we'd all still be that person to be fair if that was I don't know about the Wednesday night man yeah <laughs> get through the week yeah sort it out it's fine anyway Els hello hiya uh, I've slightly bent the rules for this one. Go on. Okay. But I think it fits the criteria. Okay. Okay, so essentially, mine is, is Paul McCartney alive, <gasps> well, and still an international superstar at the oh age of 76? Oh my God, I was or, not prepared for this. Yes. Did he die in a car crash yes. in 1966? <laughs> oh. Discuss. Oh my God. Oh, I love this so good. as much as I love the theory that Avril Lavigne yeah. is dead yeah, yeah. and a robot. That's really good. Not a robot, like a clone, whatever. Okay, so mine is basically oh, God, the conspiracy theory. conspiracy theory that Paul McCartney died in the mid 60s and was replaced very swiftly by someone else calculated yeah very calculated so the rumor that paul mccartney um died and then was subsequently covered up quite hastily by the beatles uh started in 1967 so the rumour goes that in 1966, Paul McCartney had an argument with his bandmates at, I think, the Abbey Road studio and angrily stormed off and subsequently died after crashing his Mini. Um, apparently McCartney's Mini was involved in a crash in 1967, but no one died and he wasn't actually in the car anyway. Or was he? Or was he? Um, so according to the theory of his untimely death, the rest of the band wanted to cover up his death so as to spare the public from grief. <sighs> Fucking hell. Um, so they recruited William Campbell, who uh, was the proud winner 
of a Paul McCartney lookalike contest. <laughs> Enjoyable. Um, and he not only looked identical, uh, but he had the same personality and voice. So they scored lucky on and that one. Yeah, well done. Managed to get him in quite quickly. Just carry on. Um, so the rumour... So it started in 67 and it was acknowledged and put to bed by the Beatles fanzine, The Beatle Book. Um, but then it crept up again in America in 1969 when Tim Harper, who edited Drake University student newspaper, penned an article called Is Paul McCartney Dead? <laughs> straight, to Direct, straight to the point, yeah. The article pointed to various bits of evidence um, that suggested that Paul McCartney had died, the Beatles had covered it up, and then in their guilt had started to leave clues all over the place. So in their lyrics, on their records, and hidden within their album cover art that Paul McCartney had died. Um, That's like the the art of the good conspiracy theory is like, they were telling us all along, there's clues, clues everywhere. I mean, if you're covering something up, you're usually trying not to let people find out, not subvertedly telling them. If it was like a real, real Yeah, if you're really worried about people not finding out, you're not going to put a fucking lyric in Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, are you? But their guilt was getting to them. Then they'd just come out with it or just get booze. No, it's only for clever people who work out the conspiracy. They're so clever and so Mm -hmm. far above us. Exactly. Okay, fine, sure. So, one of the biggest clues was the apparent recording of Termion Deadman that couldn't be heard when Revolution 9 from the White Album was played backwards. Also, who started playing songs backwards? It was on the LPs, wasn't it? That's why people found that out. But, like, who's doing that? Why are you doing that? People with too much time on their hands. Yeah. Yeah. I love... I honestly, genuinely, I heart conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah, sure. But... Stuff like that, like <laughs> the whole of uh, join the was... navy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, that's like the second thing about the Simpsons I've said today. But like, why would you do that? Why would you decide to do that? Subconscious messaging, isn't it? So, some of the things that the article by Tim Harper pointed out uh, was some of the cryptic symbols um, hinting at Paul McCartney's absence on the cover of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. <laughs> Paul McCartney's not on it. <laughs> yeah, it just says, Paul McCartney died if we covered it up. If you take the first letter of every track title, <laughs> yeah. like an acrostic photo, Paul it is says, dead. fuck you. Um, so on the front cover, a mysterious hand is raised over McCartney's head and many believe that that's an ancient death symbol of either the Greeks or the American Indians. <laughs> fuck off, everyone. No, I love it, I love it. Come up with more mad shit, please. One or the other. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> One of them. Um, other proof. <laughs> Solid Stone cold gold. Proof. <laughs> Stone cold proof. Um, includes a left-handed guitar lying on the grave before them. And... Fucking hell. On the back cover, George Harrison is pointing towards lyrics from a Lennon song, A Day in the Life. And the lyric is blew his mind out in a car but he didn't blow his mind this out, is a bit he? like horoscopes you yeah. look for the things that you want to see mm. I mean I look for horoscopes every day that's fine but this is this is the point you can make something out of nothing if you believe it to be that thing yeah, yeah for sure I 
I used to. Oh no, I can't really say because it makes me sound like such a dog. <laughs> no, please. Do it. When I was really small, like really small, I used to um, just take myself off on treasure hunts in the garden, and I just used to like think that something was pointing to something. Maybe I did it with a friend. Maybe no, it was an imaginary friend. That's cute. That's, that's really not doggy. But that is. You like, had an imagination, is what I, what that <laughs> is. Had was, being yeah. the operative word. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's really cute. That's really sweet. Thanks. Maybe you'd watch too much like um, Five Children in it, or <gasps> I used to love Five Children. Yeah, in it. you know, like when sort of Victorian children have adventures in gardens, like the Secret Garden. Maybe yeah, you've just seen maybe. a lot of that, and it's maybe. like, oh. or mate, labyrinth. I don't. I've not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. No. Daily's gonna storm out. Um, maybe we should do a treasure hunt for your thirtieth this year. That'd be well cute. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe I'm psychic. Well, I never found any treasure, so do, I'm not. Do you, do you know that definitely that he's dead? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get to that. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here he is! <laughs> <laughs> the next album's held even more clues. So the Magical Mystery Tours album has got um, the Beatles in grey walrus suits, but Paul is the only one in black. Now, apparently... <sighs> This is just really annoying me, this story. This is enchanting me deeply. This is the opposite reactions that you could have to a conspiracy theory. Uh, the walrus is um, apparently the Viking symbol of death. <laughs> yep, of course, that makes sense. You think they'd sense. go with something a little more... Deathy. Deathy. Menacing, yeah. Mm. Just like fat walrus. Like a hippo. <laughs> yeah. Hippo are like the deadliest things in the world. They kill more people than... Walruses. Well, well yeah, definitely walruses. Airplane crashes. Um, and on the next album which was the well it's been called the White Album but I don't think it was called the White Album it says untitled but I'm sure it had another title anyway what do I know Um, two songs held substantial testaments to the rumour that Paul was no longer with us Uh, one is the song Glass Onion which contained the lyrics here is another clue for you all the walrus was Paul which would hint back to him being a walrus on the front of <laughs> the magical mystery tour dead and um, therefore dead is that is that after the rumours were already out and people were talking about them um, yeah so these are all albums that were released after apparently he died in 1966 makes sense then. um Sorry, it, the, my, my point was, it makes sense that they would reference it because that's what the rumours were out in the public about it. Do you know what I mean? Like they'd make a they'd make a joke of it or whatever. Yeah, so I think... Because they were such jokers, <laughs> the Beatles, as we all know. So, yeah, so there was that uh, reference to um, Paul being a walrus <laughs> in Glass Onion. The walrus. <laughs> Um, another big rumour is that John Lennon can apparently be heard saying I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever but Lennon apparently actually says cranberry sauce which doesn't really sound anything I buried Paul cranberry sauce yeah it's not like I love you colourful is it come on I love you colourful it's when it's when you mouth it it looks the same oh I've heard that but elephant juice did you say colourful (laughs) shame I do love you, Els. Thank you. I love you too. Colourful. Colourful Um, Els. So, yeah, so that was kind of 
refuted by John Lennon that he didn't say, I buried Paul. Well, he wouldn't. He wouldn't want to be found out, would he? Of course not. Why would he say it? The rumour grew in October of 1969 when student Tom Zarsky called Detroit radio station (laughs) WKNR-FM and told disc jockey Russ Gibb about the rumour and its clues. Apparently they discussed the rumour on air for an hour. Fucking hell, it's longer than this podcast. (laughs) They discussed the rumour for an hour and Gibb was persuaded to play Revolution 9 backwards and sure enough, listeners of the show heard Tear Me On dead man which propelled the story to national level and a lot of the rumors that had started off in this article became widespread another rumor that then evolved is the interpretation of the abbey road album cover have you heard of this one oh yes no i think i have that there's a reason like paul is last in the order and yeah i don't know if he's last but essentially the rumour is that they are depicting a funeral procession. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Lennon is first and he's dressed in white, which symbolises the heavenly figure. Well, he did call himself Jesus, so basically. Bigger than Jesus. Bigger than Jesus. Uh, Ringo Starr is dressed in black, which symbolises the undertaker. George Harrison is in denim and he symbolises the grave digger. (laughs) Canadian. And McCartney... (laughs) That another Simpsons reference. <laughs> no, that's just Canadians Can love I... wearing denim. Oh, right. My double denim is like a Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> Don't know if that's true. Or, or sorry, our Canada. dads in the 70s. Well, we've got quite a lot of Canadian listeners. Sorry, Canada. <laughs> uh, and McCartney is barefoot and out of step with the others, which symbolises the corpse. Classic corpse, of barefoot course. and out of step. Yep, cool. So there many of the rumours... There's also the one where apparently they say something if you play Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band backwards. There's probably many other things that point to the apparent death of Paul McCartney in 1966. Um, the Beatles press team released a statement on the 21st of October, 69, refuting the rumours. Um, Imagine having to get to that point where you have to put out a press release about the fact that one of your members is not dead. But if you were covering up the death of the member, then you would absolutely have to put out a press release. Double bluff, double bluff. Um, By 1969, the Beatles had all but broken up and McCartney had been spending more and more time in Scotland with his wife, Linda, and their children. Um, Fucking love Linda McCartney sausages. (laughs) And Scotland, as we've discussed. Perfect. You're like Paul McCartney. Are you dead? (laughs) Shit. Um... So I think a lot of this was down to the fact that he just wasn't really in the press that much anymore. So people were like, well, he must be dead. Clearly dead. Makes sense. In November 1969, Capitol Records sales manager reported a significant increase in sales of Beatles catalogue albums, which they attributed to this massive rumour. Um, and Capitol's vice president of national merchandising estimated that it was going to be the biggest month in history in terms of Beatles sales. So it certainly helped their uh, record sales if they didn't really need help which they didn't I mean they were the Beatles they were the Beatles Um, anyway that is the rumour I think he probably didn't die yeah I think it's safe to assume he didn't die is there also do you know any coincidence 
with the quite dramatic change in music style of the Beatles. Drugs, Daily. Absolutely just oh. on fucking loads of drugs. Yeah. Drugs, drugs, drugs. Also, that happened a bit earlier, I think, didn't it? Than they this, only than were... This is one of Steve's favourite facts, actually, but they were only actually like a band for three or four years yeah. and all of their albums came out in that time. It's kind of mind-blowing if you think about how still busy and po- busy <laughs> not busy <laughs> very busy popular their busy. songs are that's not ne- I don't know if that's necessarily true because they, they formed not in the guys that they were throughout the oh, whole of the yeah. 60s but they formed in the late 50s they were performing in the early 60s and they officially broke up in 1970 so they were together for most of the 60s mm. and they, they stopped I think well they stopped performing in 1966 so they were just doing studio albums. So I guess in terms of like that Beatlemania, them going and like them but I, performing. But I think they are really one f- of those artists whose catalogue is not actually as, considering how big they yeah, are. Yeah, it doesn't span. Like the Rolling like, Stones. I yeah. mean, I know that most of their big hits came in a small area, but like they didn't have a very big, that's not right. They didn't have a very long career they when you compare career, no. to others. But and they weren't They did a massive. lot in the small amount of time. they did so yeah. much. And they did so yeah. many albums in that small amount of and time. And films too. as well. Yeah. They used a fuckload of films. I know what I was going to say. I think something that I read sort of pointed... I, I saw, like, you know, when you search for things and it came up with the headline of a article but I didn't read it but it was sort of suggesting that the Beatles did play a little bit on it which you would you do. would have done yeah of yeah. course if it's only going to increase your bloody back pocket of course you would do it mm. I'd play along with it if someone thought oh, I was dead yeah mm. it's genius I'd probably start the room by myself like it's just fun and games replaced with a cyborg mm. a miserable cyborg <laughs> anyway yeah that was a very left field but brilliant story oh, well it. done Nothing really I like more than a conspiracy. Yeah, I mean, no one really died because I'm pretty sure. I mean, two of the Beatles are dead, so you know. Yeah. Um, Ringo and George still alive? Is that Ringo it? and Paul are still Paul. alive. Oh yeah, shit. Sorry, George. When did George? He died a he while died ago. In the early two thousand. He, he got killed by like an intruder. Didn't he? Did, did he? No, or did he get he shot? Had, uh, he got shot by an intruder. He got. But atta- he I think he got stabbed by an intruder. Oh, right. But he survived. But he died of lung cancer. I and, think he was and, um, ill when he when it happened. Which one is Thomas's tank engine? Ringo. Ringo, Ringo Starr. He's still alive. Yeah. And Paul is apparently still alive. Apparently. Whether it's um unconfirmed. Whether it's Paul or whether it's um what was his name? William Campbell. Who knows. Great story. William Campbell. Love it. Love all of that. It's going to need some editing. I'm, going, I was... I'm going to decide to believe that he died. Apparently there were some people that like really looked into it and like studied his face and things to try and say definitely for sure he's not dead. And actually what they discovered was that like when you anal- you know when you can like analyse faces and like certain bits of his face mm. don't match up with pictures of him from before he apparently died that's aging, did have a little mate. bit of that's absolutely but also aging. a little bit of surge surge maybe no but they but they said that wouldn't wouldn't be anything to do with surgery so like the gap between your eyes like what biometrics look at in your when you go passport gate <laughs> when you go passport gate <laughs> when you go through the country and that what they do is they look at a gap between your eyes and that's never going to change <laughs> something to do with the way that his nose was attached to his forehead I don't know I mean I just don't believe it but fine I also don't believe the Avril Lavigne thing but I'll, I'll talk about it and I'll support it it just feels like a really long stretch to go to just be like I mean I get it 1966 I mean I cried when um Posh Spice 
cut her hair short. So <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Did you? Really? I think I cried, but I was a bit upset about it. I cried when Take That got all their new haircuts. Yeah. When like, Howard got dreads. What is wrong with you? Robbie shaved his head and Howard got dreads and I was like, what is happening? What is I, wrong with you, I lads? loved the Spice Girls so much and then when they, I remember it, they performed on the lottery and Posh Spice had really short hair and Jerry had like, was ill and I was heart distraught. She was leaving. She'd left but they said that she was unwell. Oh my God. And I was really upset about it and I remember my brother just absolutely laughing at me. Fair enough. Yeah, sorry, fair, fair enough. enough. No, but but you I would have been like little elves. nine. I would have got in from a treasure hunt in the garden, <laughs> settling down own. to watch get, the Spice Girls. Get disappointed by the Spice Girls. Classic. Go to bed. Classic elves. <laughs> she hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> nice. Um. Oh. So, so you know, that in proportion to all those people loving. The Beatles mm. finding out that Paul, who I think was one of the more popular ones, I mean, they're all popular, weren't they? Who was the fittest Beatle? I'm going uh, back in Beatle Mania days. John Lennon. No, I just think he's a prick. Yeah, regardless of prick, who's fittest? George Harrison. Can't get a picture oh, up. Really? I think yeah. it's Harrison. Yeah. Uh, but my mum would have been in your camp. Yeah. She apparently absolutely loved John Lennon. Like she used to say, he was the first. True love. First true love, yeah. She, I mean, I don't I'm know. With her. I wasn't, I'm with her. I wasn't around the early sixties, but she fucking loved John Lennon, apparently. But yeah, I think I would have been a big George fan. I can see it. I understand it. No, sorry, yeah, it's probably Lennon. <laughs> Let me have a look. Got quite a small oh face of features. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good picture of George any or of Ringo. <laughs> any of them. Paul or um... hang on. We can do better than that. Oh, Christ, no. I mean, that probably was a press shot. So. I mean, they were all... I'll go. None of them were stunners. <laughs> I'll go. All of those thousands of teenage girls are obsessed with Girls them. are just horny AF. Yeah. Also, I mean, they were in their early, early 20s, <laughs> these pictures, yeah. so it's a bit they weird. Really, um, they really heightened the British people who've got bad teeth. Yeah, oh, <laughs> God. Yeah, they well. any famous. <laughs> it's definitely Lennon, I'm just saying. I think I think it was actually to be fair. What's your okay. favourite Beatles song? Great, great question. <laughs> I'm gonna go with what the fuck is it actually called? Eleanor Rigby. It's All the lonely Eleanor people. Rigby, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, is it not called Eleanor Rigby? What is it called? I thought it was called Eleanor Rigby. Yeah. It Eleanor, reminds you I just got it right. Yeah. Riggers. That one. I'm gonna say that. Riggs. Riggs. <laughs> That's one of Eleanor's nicknames, by the way. If you didn't know that, listen. <laughs> I feel like it's the kind of thing where I always think of one and then I hear another one. And I'm like, oh. I mean, they're all great. That's the thing. They're all great. Yeah. Um, she loves you. She loves you. <sighs> yeah. Great song. I uh, I always used to really love. I wanna hold you. Yeah. Yeah. That's cute. And also, um, <laughs> I remember once ages ago, my friend posted on my Facebook wall when we were all a bit more into Facebook than we are nowadays. Two thousand six. Yeah. Yep. Uh, here comes the sun and oh. was like oh this really this I've heard this and I thought of you because I don't always do very well in the winter and then it was like <laughs> <laughs> what a comparison so there she was- is first sign of the sun Elsa's out of her cave <laughs> and she was like I thought you might like this because it was like the beginning of spring and I was like oh. I do like this <laughs> so yeah that's a good one what too. about yours Sarah I think mine is and I love her 
which oh, is a yeah. bit of a That's lesser a known song, but it's beautiful. I think you have played that to us before. Yeah, that's a really potential good wedding song. song. That's why, but it's really nice. Oh, maybe we should just have a night in and listen to some Beatles. <laughs> Friday night, mate. And then let's spin those records backwards. Yeah, please, can we do that actually? Get and then possessed have by the devil. Can we have a Ouija board? <laughs> During we'll the do, day. During we'll the do, day. We'll do light as a feather, stiff as a board. We'll do a Ouija board. We'll I'd like to do backwards. light as a feather. Can we do it like at nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> so I don't yeah, shit myself? No, you do it at five minutes to midnight and then the Damn levitation it. begins. Do you want to go? Mm, I do, yeah. I'll tell you my story, shall I? Fine. Squares. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk to you about the unexplained death of actress Natalie Wood. I nearly did this one, but I it's a great one. I didn't know who she was, so I was oh, like, okay. I, I, okay. I know nothing. Tell me everything. Okay. So Natalie Wood <laughs> was born on July 20th, 1938, and she was of American and Russian heritage. Mm-hmm whether this is true or not but she was said to be the Jennifer Aniston of her time what a comparison her first role what was in what does that mean like was the it girl hugely popular. that comparison being made in 19 19- no I mean obviously not <laughs> forward thinking no um, her first role was in the original Miracle on 34th Street sorry I just want to say that I really like that you've taped up your camera to like hide yourself off from the FBI <laughs> <laughs> yeah of CIA course watching you. when I open up like my FaceTime or Skype I just don't want to see a picture of me with a triple chin do you know what I mean like it's just more for mental health than it is <laughs> the FBI uh, anyway <laughs> sorry her sorry. first uh, yeah first blah blah and she was also in Rebel Without a Cause with un, un, what's the word I'm James, Dean. James Dean yeah but as in like yeah, definitely a dreamboat, James Dean. The ultimate dreamboat. Oh, ultimate dreamboat. dreamboat. He could have been a great shout for this episode. Do you know what? I saw there was a post just talking about old actors because you know that is my jam. Or old actors when they were younger and looking incredibly handsome. Obviously, young Harrison Ford is like, oh, holy mother of God. Is great. There was a them. picture of him Ooh, that mate. accompanied some social media posts that I flicked past. And he looks so fit in it. I was like, I need to lie down. (laughs) (laughs) I need someone to fan me. Yeah. I don't know what it was in. He kind of looked like a teacher and he had glasses on. It was insane. Anyway. That's how I I feel about um, young Joe Biden. Yes. Yes, mate. Him in his shorts leaning against that fence. Christ. Oh, yeah. Young Harrison Ford. Mate. Have have I I not showed you the Google (laughs) image search before? Maybe. Young Harrison Ford is... All you need in your day. Huh. All daily is is walking Google image searches of fit, fit men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should be using this downtime at work to be googling fit men, younger fit men. Old so what you want to Google? Just a little tip. You want to Google? No, Don't go not off. young Clint Eastwood, but Clint Eastwood's son, hot. Um, you want to Google Marlon Brando in a streetcar named yeah. Desire. That is all you need to look at. Clint young Vince Vaughan is my jam. Young Vince Vaughan. In Swingers, specifically. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Clint Eastwood's a bit pro- problematic, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's very... Um, so is Joe Biden. Right wing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is a big shame. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, everyone. Sorry. Let's carry on. Get to the point, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Natalie Stop Wood. Stop detouring. Ah. <laughs> Uh, she earned three Oscar nominations, so oh. she was quite quickly quite um, well-liked, quite credible, um, but she notoriously battled insecurity and melancholy, and she 
sought psychoanalysis. So she went to a lot of therapists and she battled with her mental health, suffice to say. Fair enough. She married actor Robert Wagner in 1957 when she was just 19 and he was 28. They starred together in the um, film All the Fine Young Cannibals. The film was a disaster, but they remained one of Hollywood's golden couples. Um, unfortunately, they divorced uh, five years later in 62, and then they proceeded to fuck loads of other people. She got with Warren Beatty, Frank Sinatra, Steve McQueen, and apparently Elvis Presley, again. Yes, queen. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> fit, fit young Elvis Presley, absolutely. Yeah, and Steve McQueen, holy Christ. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, and then he apparently had affairs with, Joan, not affairs, like had relations with Joan Crawford, Elizabeth Taylor, and Anita Ekberg. Beautiful, beautiful women. Mm, Props yeah. to them both. You know well what? Done. Well done. You're kicking about in Hollywood in those days. Listen, you just do it. If you're you in old get school on Hollywood, bang just like just a barn door in a go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daily's motto for life. Great. <laughs> if you're in the 50s. Um, go back to the 50s, pretend you're dead, and then bang everyone. Anyway. She, Don't pretend you're dead. She... Uh, she then got married briefly to film producer Richard Gregson but in 1972 so 10 years after they divorced they reconnected and remarried um, and she's quoted as saying we got back to where we started and should have stayed they had a daughter and lived quite contentedly by all accounts um, in Beverly Hills each making forays into television and occasionally teaming up together for roles because people still love them as a couple and blah 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 but she was still plagued by insecurities um, and her dwindling film roles didn't help. Her demons returned. Um, there was a biographer, Gavin Lambert, who wrote a biography, lol, about her um, and is quoted as saying, during the last two years of her life, her demons became fully awake. The rest of the story is of addiction to painkillers and too much white wine out of frustration at a stalled career. Mm. We've all been there. Um, <laughs> she accepted her final role, Brainstorm, with Christopher Walken because there was nothing better on offer so that leads us to the night in question do you not know the story I really don't I know nothing mm. interesting you do a bit because you look. I know a little it. bit because I looked at it and I was thinking of doing it but I didn't know who she was so during the making of Brainstorm Natalie Wood drowned whilst on a weekend boat trip to Catalina Island on board the Splendour which was Robert Wagner her husband's boat yacht this was Thanksgiving weekend, so November 28th, 1981. The night it happened, Natalie was with Robert Wagner, her co-star in Brainstorm, Christopher Walken, and the captain of the ship, Dennis Davern. Her body was recovered by authorities at 8am on November the 29th, so the morning after, one mile away from the boat, next to a small inflatable dinghy named the Valiant, which was found beached nearby. According to Wagner, Robert Wagner, when he went to bed, Wood wasn't there. The autopsy report revealed that Wood had bruises on her body and arms as well as an abrasion on her left cheek. The autopsy also found that Wood's blood alcohol content was 0.14%, 
um, and for your context, the upper limit for driving a car legally is 0.05 to 0.08. So she was well above the blood alcohol content for legally driving. But so, but that's like what maybe you've had like a bottle and a half of wine. Or something. Yeah, you're boozed. You're not. You're, you're not having like, a lovely time. Like, yeah, yeah, when yeah. we do this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the end of this podcast, that's Legal what we're like. Legal podcasting limit. We're probably not point. Two, let's be honest. Um, and there were traces of two types of medication in her bloodstream, which were a motion sickness pill and a painkiller, both of which increased the effects of alcohol. So, um, following the investigation of her death, Los Angeles County Coroner Thomas Noguchi ruled her death accident by drowning and hypothermia, which you would understand because she drowned in water. But and the point of the story the circumstances surrounding her drowning are unknown and it has never been determined how she entered the water Mm-mm. um conflicting stories but authorities suggested she was trying to prevent the yacht from colliding with a 13 foot dinghy and sustained the bruises after falling overboard and trying to climb aboard the dinghy which bore scratch marks but would could not swim and she was afraid of water so the stuff that I've listened to, I'll talk about it later, but um, there's this weird thing that happened when she was young where there was a um, psycho, that's not the right word. What's the thing when you're like a fortune teller? Like a fortune psychic. Like a psychic, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't think of psycho. Tarot reader. Um, so there was a psychic who um, did her fortune really, really early in her career her, so with her mum, sorry. And she said that someone in your life is going to drown. Um, be very careful around water, around deep water. Someone in your life is going to drown. So both her mum and Natalie never went in the water again. Natalie never learned to swim. I think she was like nine or ten when this happened. Natalie <gasps> never learned to swim because of this psychic. No. And her mum never went in water no. again either. So on a boat if you don't know how to swim. Well, yeah, of but course. Like, learn how to swim and don't believe a psychic. Well, yeah, and then learn, you probably wouldn't have drowned. Learn how to swim and then maybe you won't drown. Like that's yeah. kind of yeah. Anyway, so that's I thought I found that really interesting as part of it. I mean, obviously, it's kind of take it all with a pinch of salt because it was fifty years ago. Um, but it was well known that she was afraid of water and she categorically could not swim. So the likelihood of her going to find a dinghy or trying to get into a dinghy is slim. Yeah, and so the dinghy was not like a life raft the dinghy was like a totally not particularly thing. clear because some people have said the collusion the colliding thing or that it was part of the boat and she was trying to get away so it's again it's very conflicting no one really knows what really happened it doesn't make a lot of sense um but the the whole everything that happened it wasn't forgotten but the official cause of death was death by drowning um people always spoke about the mysterious circumstances but nothing was ever done after the death it kind of everything for want of a better phrase went back to normal robert wagner continued to act uh, christopher walken did everything went back to normal um but the case of her death was reopened in november 2011 after Dennis Davern, who was the commander of the ship, publicly stated that he had lied to police during the initial investigation and that Wood and Wagner had an argument the evening that she died. He alleged that Wood had been flirting with Christopher Walken and that Wagner was jealous and enraged and he was responsible for her death. Apparently, Davern has said in a sworn statement that he heard Wagner say, do you want to fuck my wife? And then a bottle of wine was heard being smashed just moments before she fell overboard. 
Um, and that's that's kind of why it all came to a head in 2011 when the cases reopened. At the same time, Walken hired a lawyer and cooperated completely with the investigation and is not considered to be a suspect by the authorities. Wagner has always denied any involvement in Wood's death, but years after her death, in his memoir, Pieces of My Heart, he acknowledged that he did have an argument with Wood before she disappeared, and he did, or was well known to have anger and jealousy issues. In 2012, Los Angeles County Sharon, Dr. Lakshaman Sathya Vigan Saran, sorry if that was butchered, um, amended Wood's death certificate and changed the cause of her death from accidental drowning to drowning and other determined factors. So they went back and decided mm. that they didn't agree with what they'd originally put and they had to change it. The amended document included a statement that the circumstances of how Wood ended up in the water are not clearly established and the coroner's office has been instructed by detectives not to discuss or comment on the case further. And then in January 2013, the coroner's office offered a 10-page addendum to Wood's autopsy report. It said that she might have sustained some of the bruises before she went into the water um, and before she drowned, but that could not be definitively determined. A forensic pathologist, not Dr Hunter, speculated that Wood was partially susceptible to bruising because she was taking some drugs, as we mentioned, for her drowsiness and things like that. Mm. So lots of conflicting statements, lots of back and forth. No one has ever really agreed. But the reason I did this... So this story came back into the news this year. So in February of 2018, Robert Wagner was officially named a person of interest (gasps) in her death. I was about to say, to quote our friend's My Favourite Murder, the husband did it. Yeah. Um, So more witnesses have come forward or they are re-going over the witnesses' testimony from the time. So not the people on the boat, because obviously that's quite close, but people around, people on other moored boats in the area and people that were in the close vicinity. Um, But the stories are all quite conflicting. So Ralph Hernandez, an investigator involved with the case, said the bruises on Wood's wrists and upper body um, and she also had a superficial abrasion on her left cheek meant she looked like the victim of an assault with the circumstances surrounding her death suspicious enough to make police consider foul play. Uh, We have not been able to prove this was a homicide, but we also haven't been able to prove that it was an accident either. The problem is we don't know how she ended up in the water. So... Obviously, she drowned. There's no there's no questioning that. She drowned. That's how she died. But no one knows why she got in the water in the first place. And that's yeah. kind of the mysterious yeah. element of it. Um, Wagner nor his publicists made no immediate response and still haven't. So no one knows how she died. So some other points to note. Something interesting that came up during my research. So Christopher Walken kept completely silent following her death. Two years after the incident, he finally spoke out and gave a statement, um, and it was kind of to stop all the speculation about what people thought. Um, and it was quoted, he's quoted as saying, the people who are convinced that there is something more to it than what came out in the investigation will never be satisfied with the truth because the truth is there is nothing more to it. It was an accident. Walken's police statement contradicts this statement that he made two years later and falls in line with Draven's acute Draven's accusations of Wagner's involvement in Wood's death. According to Walken's testimony at the time of her death, Wood leaving the boat was the result of two days of fighting and drinking from the couple. So they'd gone away for the weekend, they were just booze as fuck, everyone was fighting, everyone's like, you know, really testy. Um, and there was lots of bickering, you know, sniping at each other. 
Um, and her falling, falling overboard, going overboard was the result of the end of the fighting. So it's also come up again in July because there's just been a 12-part podcast series released called A Fatal Voyage, The Mysterious Death of Natalie Wood. No! Which really looks into her death. So um, they're kind of keen to answer whether it was foul play or whether it was an accident. Dylan Howard, the creator of the podcast, is quoted as saying, it's a hell of a story, forbidden affairs, twisted lies and murder. And in the end, the listener can decide what happened to the ultimate screen siren and just who was responsible for her death. Um, so you can only listen to the five episodes that have been released so far but it's quite good I've listened to a few already the first couple of episodes are all about her and her life and her rise to fame and things like that which um, like her upbringing and her career which I think is really important because I know that we all collectively love true crime and you know salacious stories about murder but the fact that they focus so much on who she was and what she was about really kind of is is nice to know because you don't mm-hmm. always want to skip to the gory bits and not remember the victim in all of it mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I definitely recommend listening to that. It's um, the Fatal Voyage, Mysterious Death of Natalie Wood. But actually, well, so basically, no one knows how she died. The finger of blame is definitely much further in the court of Robert Wagner now. Yeah. Um, that he was a jealous partner. That he was worried that she was fucking Christopher Walken. That they had a fight. She fell overboard. There's some th- lots of things that I read where there was testimony from someone that heard something and it was like, "Oh, leave her there. She'll be fine." As if she'd fallen overboard, and that she fell overboard as an accident. But they let her. Di- he let her die because he was teaching her a lesson or something. Oh, and then the other theory that I read and heard on the podcast is that actually Robert Wagner and Christopher Walken were having an affair. <gasps> And she caught them, made a scene, and they collectively pushed her overboard to cover up the fact that they were having an affair. I don't think that's true. I mean, obviously, there were a lot of kind of closeted gay men in the 50s and 60s, um, but I don't think that's true. But it's just, it's a fascinating case. There's loads of conversation around it. The podcast is really interesting, so definitely look into it if you've got some time. Um, But yeah, the still unresolved death of actress Natalie Wood. How did she die? I had I'd literally never even heard a single bit of that. Yeah, Fascinating. She was, she was beautiful as well. She was a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. And she had two girls, and so, two kids. So Christopher Walken would have been... How old do you reckon Christopher Walken would have been? Well, he just won, or two years prior, he just won a, pod, um, a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't exist. He just won an Oscar for Deer Hunter. So I think he's like okay, late yeah, 20s. Yeah, yeah, Shit, man. Um, but, yeah... I feel like if you're having an affair, don't all like don't all get on a boat together. Don't all get yeah. on one little boat. So I either think way. Yeah, either like, way. Not yeah. blaming anyone. Or, no victim yeah. blaming here. No. But that's the thing. Like, I think that the likely again, some of the stuff that I read was that she was infatuated with Walken. She really fancied him. She really looked up to him because he was like really his trajectory was massive, and he's obviously still quite a big big star now. Um, so she was infatuated with him. Wagner invited him onto the boat as like a show of it's fine it's fine I'm not jealous at all it's fine and then actually there was chemistry between them or there was some flirting and that's why he said do you want to or and and Walken was flirting back and that's why he said do you want to fuck my wife turned into something there were reports saying that Walken and Wagner kept fighting she went to her cabin and then after she went to her cabin that's when like hours later that's when they realised she was missing because Wagner and Walken were on the 
bow. What the boat? The front of the boat, wherever the non inside bow? bit of it fills up the bow. Um, and their their hole. No, sorry. Hole. <laughs> their um argument dissolved because they were just calmed by the moving of the boat and the fresh air, which is a load of nonsense. So, a lot of it is just dodgy as fuck it's really really interesting um and i'm looking forward to the next couple of episodes of the podcast because it's really good and they're only like actually 20 i mean saying this we're the longest podcast in the world but they're <laughs> only like 20 25 minutes it's really easy listening it's really good to kind of catch up on really quickly so i definitely recommend the podcast so wagner potentially had the opposite of big dick energy <laughs> yeah tiny jealous dick energy tiny yeah. jealous dick energy he was like, yeah, it's fine, come on my fucking huge boat. I don't care that my wife really fancies you. Yeah, so was, he was probably planning to kill fucking Christopher Walker rather than her, and then she was just the byproduct of it. Ooh. But yeah, good, good story. Good story. I'm to this is the part of the show where we talk about our girl crushes. So we are all, in case you have never listened to an episode, feminists as fuck. And we like talking about women. We're big supporters of women. So we talk about women that are inspiring us this week. They might be doing really good, credible stuff. They might look really fit. They might sound really fit. Whatever. They might just be entertaining us for whatever reason. We just love women and want to tell you more about women. So, Daily, who's your girl crush? Sarah Barron. So I went to <laughs> Edinburgh Festival this weekend. Not to brag. Went to Edinburgh. <laughs> All right, mate. Why don't you just stop no going deal. on about some of us Keep it in your oh. pants, daily. Christ. Some of us go to uh, comedy festivals, you know. Some of us appreciate comedy. The arts. The arts. And, like, I mean, I saw no arts. Fuckers. Podcasting is an art, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you what was good. Yeah. Sarah Barron. Yeah. Um, she is a comedian from New York, but she's lived in the UK for like five years. And she is fucking hilarious oh cool I'm not sure I without giving away any of her show I don't really know what else I could say she's incredibly relatable um, she did a whole bit about a kind of weird so she she spoke very funnily about like girls going through puberty and suddenly kind of having a vague idea of what sex might be and the way that she expresses that sexual feeling is by writing an erotic play <laughs> and it's real it's legit and she gets someone in the audience to act it out with her and it is so funny <laughs> and so like you know kind of innocent because she doesn't really know what like <laughs> she doesn't know what like orgasms are she thinks that she knows that there's some kind of a build up in your downstairs area <laughs> so she assumes people we <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's very it's, it's fucking genius um She's great. If she ever comes anywhere near your town, please go and see her. Uh, yeah, just brilliant. So she's my girl crush. Um, yeah, that's about it. I don't want to nice. like I could I could literally riff on loads of stuff that she <laughs> says in her show, but like don't want to get it away. Yeah, just watch her show. I thought sex was until I was maybe twelve or thirteen. I thought sex was. Um, because I used to make my Barbies have sex, mm-hmm. Ken and Barbie. Hey. I thought it was just like... No judgment. You can have two Barbies. Yeah, no, it's fine. But I didn't like mm-hmm. penis, vagina sex. I just thought it was like, this was the vagina. I'm cupping my hand, listeners. And he just did this with his... <laughs> this and he just did this with his penis. So it didn't actually go in. I didn't know there was a, like a hole. A hole to go in, yeah. I just thought it was this. But if Barbies are your point of reference, why would you know there's a hole? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. So Barbies was sort of my point of reference because I used to uh, play 
with Barbies with um, vaginas. <laughs> a girl that lived on oh, my sorry. street. Okay, sorry. and I think she was a little bit older than me, so she knew what sex was more than I did so she used to make her, the Barbies have sex and I didn't really know what she was going on about you're like cool yeah cool yeah lovely great but then when don't I know what that is cool when I sort of found out what it was but I'd never seen a penis mm. so I was like so does that just happen when they're walking down the street like I just kind of imagined like walking next to each other and just like just suddenly it's had no idea I remember that being one of my first thoughts about it like how how does that actually happen? The mechanics. The mechanics. Interesting. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. Doesn't happen when you walk. Shouldn't happen. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> try, try not to do that, please, listeners. Um, Else, who's your girl crush? Mine is not someone specific to this week, but just one of my number ones. Fine. Sarah Pascoe. Ah. Uh, have we never done her? No. That's really interesting. And she's always one of my number ones, following all the socials. Uh, obviously really funny. We've seen her. A few times, a handful of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was getting ready to go out on Saturday, and Matt was watching her like short on iPlayer, which is very funny about um, love. Not really love, actually. Anyway, and uh, her book Animal is oh, so good, so, so good. good. Reframes a lot of stuff, and I think she's writing another one at the moment. So oh, cool. really looking forward to reading her next book. But yeah, she's just another. Another sweet white female comedian called Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> who's very relatable. No, I, am. I, really next am. To one. I really am. So relatable. Um Yeah, so she's mine for a myriad of reasons of just being top and logical and uh, a supporter of women and always looks banging as well. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, just looks great. So yeah. Nice. nice. You've done a bit of a theme theme there have you got another Sarah no mine is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez yay who fucking great shout yep is the new uh, member of Congress in New York so she is very no she's not very young she's a young woman of colour that recently got voted in as a Democrat in New York and a lot of her like chat not her chat but chat around her before she got um, voted was you know she's really hungry she's really good but never gonna happen never gonna happen and then she got voted in and everyone was very shocked but she's just great she's really really good and the thing kind of the reason obviously her specifically but the reason I wanted to bring it up was she is really 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 visible on Twitter Mm. and she talks to people she calls out the trolls she responds to critics she responds to like fan mail all of that kind of stuff and I feel like this is the future of where we're going with politics she Mm. yeah she her whole campaign was uh she 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 campaigned on a very real platform of just like this is how people interact I am a human being this is what I care about exactly. it was no media it's not a polished media kind of approach it was I'm a real person I'm a real person these are my views there's no kind of like sheen there's no PR training this is who I am she still keeps she's obviously in in Congress now um, and I just feel like she will be her the way that she is and the type of person that she is will be the change that we need in well, America obviously but also the UK I'm very bored of like pfft, white man politicians what? Just, 
No, but yeah, really bored of them. There's hardly any though. Yeah, there's none. There's absolutely none. Yeah, but like, uh, I just remember one of the worst things I remember. I can't even remember the context of it, but it was like a tweet of David Cameron with a phone in his hand, talking to someone, and it's like jumping on a bandwagon, or maybe it was talking to like Wayne Rooney or something. And it's like, I don't give a fuck about that. I give a fuck about the fact that you brought on a referendum that no one gives a fuck about I'd rather you tweet about things that matter rather than you jumping into popular things that I no one cares about love how bad the Tories are at social media oh, so bad. I so mean so Labour bad. aren't so brilliant bad. either they're not great but, but, the, but the Tories oh the more they try the more they fail yeah I mean, they're still in power, so fine. Yeah, they're, they're still there. Wait till everyone dies off, we'll be fine. But with people like Alexandria, she is the future of politics. She is the future of the side of the political scale that I believe in. And I feel like, I know that I'm in a liberal bubble, and I've said this before, but I just feel that moving forward, she's the type of person that people will vote for. She's the type of person that will get. Even it even happened in the last election. There were a couple of people that I followed that were standing for Labour that I was like well it'd just be nice to follow them and they got in and they were so like overwhelmed that they got in and had to quit their jobs they weren't prepared for it like people gave them <laughs> leaves of absences from their jobs one of the girls in Lewisham and one guy I think in like mm. Harrogate or something like that and it's lovely to follow them because they were like I strongly believe in this I'm going to fight for it I'm going to go in now and fine I'll get in in 10 years they got in because everybody because the, the well, yeah. um and it's kind of brilliant and I I love that a lot of it is really credible, smart people that aren't abusing social media. I mean, we've all got social media demons. Let's not talk about the things that will come out when I'm prime minister. But um, <laughs> I've tried to, but people you can't keep bringing delete. them up. You can't delete from the internet. Um, but she's a great person to follow. She's really credible. She's really, really intelligent. I really like her. She's cute as fuck. Like, doesn't matter, but I really like her. Um, and for a kind of a multi cultural area like New York I think it's a fantastic position for her to be in as a woman and as a woman of colour uh, follow her Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez great shout oh I actually so that's not her name on her, her thing on Twitter is Ocasio 2018 nice she's we'll got nearly it. a million followers already I'm not she's the future that. so I will do get on it I'm a little bit out of touch with American politics maybe I can get myself up on it in the next week and a half to try and make the days go a bit (laughs) (laughs) why don't you mate why don't you just redo everything that's going wrong with American politics and just sort that out in your downtime all right yeah so we are now going to have a little break summer break (laughs) yeah summer slash slash autumn. autumn autumn break um, we don't know exactly how long for because we haven't quite talked about it and I'm no. away for forever. Um, so we will just give you a little little nudge. Or, you know what, if you're a subscriber, one fine day it's just going to pop into your inbox. And you'll be and you'll overwhelmed be like, with joy. What beauty is this? But don't worry. We're this, back. We'll this be is back. Not a one, we're not one direction your ass is right now. <laughs> we're not going on a hiatus. Shotgun, Harry. And never coming. Fine. I mean, not... He's the only fit One Directioner, isn't he? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even I don't even think he's that fit. No, he still looks not. like a fucking boy. A boy child. Yeah. Fine. Anyway, we digress. Uh, we are... We're coming back. We're coming back. We're definitely doing a big comeback tour. Probably. <laughs> do some solo projects for a while. In four weeks or so. I'm, I'm going to do a electronica album with... Um, Bjork. Bjork. <laughs> I'm going to Yoko do some very middle of the range um, R&B and just wear some tracksuits for a while. Perfect. All right, Missy Elliott, fine. 
I'm going to. I was referring Sarah's... to boring, boring Liam Payne, but fine. <laughs> I was sticking on the One Direction. I was thinking of Spice Girls. Who's going to have a baby with Eddie Murphy? <laughs> None of us. Yeah. He's. I'll have Eddie Murphy's baby. Nah, he's rank. No. I'm not. Are you pointing at me to have a baby? No, with Eddie I'm Murphy? pointing at both you. Waiting for one of you to volunteer. Thing is, though, you have to defy h- humans and uh, pop that out in about four or five weeks. I mean, we can try. We can give luck. it a go. Good luck. I'm nothing if not a trier. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll be back soon enough. But in the meantime, in the downtime, why don't you tell all your friends about the lovely, lovely podcast? What why, a way to go! Why, why don't you tell all your friends about our lovely podcast? Why aren't you doing that, though? Come on, be our personal PR people. Um, But no, so we're using the downtime to just think about how we're going to take this forward moving forward. We're going to get firmed up guests. Everybody loved, 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 loved Henry. Um, So we're going to try and do more of that. Obviously, not every single episode. I wasn't jealous of Henry or anything. We're going to get rid of Daily and just bring in a guest (laughs) all the time. Um, But yes, we're going to try and do that more often because people really loved it. There'll probably be an episode about our own near-death experiences Um, so there's lots to come please stay with us it's not going to be a long break but we just need to get on top of ourselves for want of a better phrase so yeah stick with us and we'll see you in episode 21 which will be back sooner than you know it peace out thanks so much bye 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 bye